And welcome back to the Rock of Carebrin. And uh, let's start out, I guess, by introducing our player for this recording, this session, uh, I should say. I keep wanting to say this evening or this morning, which is kind of pointless, but kind of traditional for us. Uh, if you, uh, so let's start off by introducing Tamara. Hi. Remember, it is also an audio podcast. Um, hey. Hey. <laughs> I'll say it louder. Hi. I mean, hey. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, I guess, an option you can do. Um, okay. So I have to remember. Actually, I, yeah, I will remember to record. I forgot. All right. So welcome back, everybody, to Rocket Care Bryn. We are about to begin. And uh, last two episodes, I guess. Uh, we introduced Anthony's character last week, and or last time, I should say, and we introduced Austin's in the beginning. So, Bart and Shin. And for those of you on YouTube and on uh, Twitch, you'll actually see their names, you'll see their little photos, and uh, you'll see everybody's videos who have a webcam currently. Uh, Anthony does not, so we're still still going to muddle through for now with that, and we'll eventually, I'm sure, get it sorted out. Uh, or not, who knows. <laughs> um, but here we go. So we are underway once more. So how about we start off by introducing, as we did last time, and uh, we will start with... Pre, you are on patrol. Uh, you are walking down a path. It is, I want to say, towards sunset, early dusk in the evening. Uh, things are very um, quiet. Birds are chirping. Um, but, you know, there's a change in kind of the animals that are about and things are, you know, some things are falling asleep and some things are coming awake. So, so it's quieter than sometimes it can be when you walk through this forested area. You are on patrol, as you would do quite often, uh, for the Temple of the Bringer of Life. And uh, you are basically just watching out for... <laughs> bandits or you know problems on the road people who've got broken down carts and things of that nature basically kind of making sure everybody's okay and that's kind of your duty around the temple because this is a major traffic area between a couple of our capitals and as well as a lot of other areas so i'm just going to show everybody the map on stream and on youtube uh so you guys can kind of see where things are and uh, kind of come to grips with um, what we're talking about. So hopefully that decides to work or is it because I've got it minimized again? Yes, that's exactly what I did. Okay, so I have to remember as per usual not to minimize that map. So we have, uh, as you can see here, we have uh, several different uh, areas. We have Kiln Bay and Pentera, Pentra, which is where Bart is from. And then we have the Temple for the Bringer of Life. Now, I'm going to move this 
screen down a little bit because I just realized you can't actually see the capital, which is Tunis, which is down on the bottom here. And that is the major center for most uh, places. And, uh, and this is kind of where people filter through, but the uh, temple is a very important place. And uh, because of that, it, it kind of follows on these roads. So that's effectively what you are doing at the moment. So what I would like you to do is, uh, you're a paladin, you're not a traveling merchant. <laughs> when did this happen? I just noticed she said she's, her character is a traveling merchant. She also says she's mute. Are you talking? Because you sound muted. You are very much muted. We talked about that. No, this is nothing I remembered. So I'm, as you were a paladin, I made you a paladin, not a traveling merchant. That, 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 I don't remember that discussion. I have no idea what you're talking about now. So, okay, I guess we're on the same page. <laughs> Okay, your character is a paladin. That was the character you wanted. Yes. That's what we made you. A paladin generally isn't a traveling merchant. But she travels around by also doing that. That mm -hmm. We discussed that. I know okay. we did. All right. Uh, okay, that's fine. But at this particular moment in time, this is what you're doing. All right? Either which way, would you describe your character for me? I don't know now. <laughs> now I don't know. Well, now it's you all can a describe. Uh huh. Anyway, Austin's just dying. <laughs> uh, don't lick my hand, Lily. It. What was I doing? Uh, describing your character, which is what I'm waiting for at the moment. Uh, well, she's a uh, half-elf paladin. Mm -hmm. What does she look like? <laughs> Give me a description. Keeping in mind that um, and everybody else can and see pictures, they don't necessarily describe your character. Androgynous, okay. basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, hair color, and... build... Eye color. I never did figure that out, did I? I mean, we went through a bunch of picture deciding, so that's where I kind of thought you were figuring it out that way. I. Sorry, it's been a long day. My brain is not working. Um. Okay. Uh. She's a half elf who docked who had her ears docked as an infant, so she see, appears human. She's androgynous. Um, <clears throat> which for those that don't know, basically means she looks like she could either be male or female or neither. Yeah, just, yeah. Pretty much blends in, uh, grayish white hair. I have no idea how tall they are. Uh, they exist. <laughs> Do you have your character sheet open? Yes. Good. What kind of armor are you wearing? Uh, I don't know. Am I wearing armor? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. Okay. Um, 
Oh, I'm in the wrong thing for this. I just realized. I'm looking at the wrong one. Sorry, this is another different sheet all over again for me. So I'm figuring it out. I have no idea what kind of armor. Chainmail. Apparently I'm wearing chainmail. There it is. Okay. She hath chainmail. She is a wanderer. Um, so that's the reason why she said traveling merchant. Um, but on this particular moment in time, she has been tasked with protecting this particular temple, which is a temple to the god she follows. Uh, so that was why she was doing this. She wouldn't obviously normally be doing this if we were to go by what Tamara described her character pre to do. And we're going to try from here on out to say the character names rather than the people's names so we can kind of be clear. So when I say the person's name, hopefully you remember your name of your person because then it'll get a little confusing. Uh, okay, so... Pri, I would like you to roll me a uh, perception check, if you would, please. Sure. Mm -hmm. If you want to know where that... Oh, you did. Okay, awesome. 18. So, as you are walking, uh, you will hear uh, kind of a rumble in the distance, and uh, it grows kind of louder and deeper like a, a big thunderclap when it kind of goes off and, and it continues so where you get that first big boom and then it just for a while it's that kind of thing and uh, what we end up see or what you see is a great purple cloud come from the south and slowly spread in the sky even as and it's clearly purple, even as the sun's going down. Like, it doesn't change at any point during the descent of the sun. The only time it really changes a little is when it obviously becomes night and it's harder to see. But with the moons up, uh, what immediately becomes apparent is the moons are blue. Which they are not normally blue. Okay. So is the cloud coming towards the temple? Uh, the cloud is kind of spreading out everywhere. So from your vantage point, it's like it, it just it looks like a great big fan spreading out and growing as it spreads. Doing anything else other than just being a purple cloud? As far as you know, that's all you can tell. No problem. Okay. All right. So you carry on. Now, what would you... Is there anything you'd like to do this evening before you return to the temple? Nope. Okay. So you patrol for a little while. Uh, as you are walking back, a young lady who is dressed up in what looks to be very fine plate mail... Uh, is walking towards the temple as well. And she walks up to you and says, Hey, Pri, how's it going? That's it. That's what she says. <laughs> she responds with a nothing, I see. Talkative as always. It goes. 
goes. She said goes. Oh, goes. Okay, I didn't hear the goes. That must have broken up. Oh, uh, Discord cut out. Yeah, I guess. So, goes. Okay. She says, um, well, because the other problem is I'm not really looking at you, so I don't actually see if you've responded. Um, she uh, looks at you and says, well, uh, you done for the night? I am. Yep. Okay. Let's uh, head into the temple then, shall we? And you guys move in towards the temple. So to describe, uh, you'll see it as you're in a forest down a cobbled road, uh, which then opens up to a clearing and in the clearing is this building and it's a massive cathedral-like structure it's actually probably bigger than most of the european uh cathedrals that that are around it's it's massive and it has lots of alcoves and things off of it so it it's while it is a worship place of worship it also has housing and all sorts of different little things off to the side of it and, and attached to it. So it's more, I guess, built like a medieval structured cathedral rather than a modern church where things are just built and focused on trying to get you into a pew. This has all sorts of different things, including like a, a social safety net kind of aspect. It has um, monks as well as priests and all sorts of different things like that. So it, it's very diverse in its environment and it is quite large in fact it's the largest of its kind in the world um there may be other gods that have bigger structures in other places but this is for the bringer of life or bringer of light i should say the biggest structure in the continent um and i will show it to you now or at least a version of it i should say okay so Nope, I didn't. Maybe guys. Well, we need to scroll down here anyway. Right. Uh, bring you guys over here. And then it's going to be nothing but black. And hopefully I've done this correctly. Yep. Nope, did not move anybody. There we go. That centered it. Okay, cool. So as you walk towards the entrance, um, which you will be coming towards, there's a, a series of steps that lead to a marbled uh, dais that enters into the uh, temple. There are uh, priests and clerics and some, I mean, they'd be effectively temple guards, but they're, they're basically paladins who have been uh, requested to guard the location, keep it safe from you know, interlopers, I guess I would call them. Uh, and uh, as you get closer, the other uh, guard who was patrolling basically waves at you and says, we'll see you later. And then she heads off through a gate and uh, into another part of it. Um, as you get close to the front, there is a, a young lady who is standing sort of center of the dais between pillars. And she is looking down at you and says, 
Ah, pre. Um, the uh, the Ordna Maxima would like to talk to you. Okay. And uh, she says, uh, if you can head towards the uh, the um, the altar, you will be able to see her now. Just for the sake of, because this is such a big building, I'm just going to move you myself because good grief. All right. Um, it'll take a minute to uh, reveal everything. Okay, interesting. Cool. Roll 20, man. You're weird sometimes. Okay. All right. So. That good enough? Meh. Well, let me cover that and this. All right. So now we'll grab you and move you up. And then I gotta bring you all over here because this is quite a little walk, to say the least. My God. Uh huh. All right, there we go. <laughs> it's a big old building. What can I say? So standing in front of the altar, and uh, there is normally there'd be people sitting on the sides and the pews on either side going down, and then in the uh, area on the far end of the building there is basically where the congregants would sit and sometimes uh, the priests and monks in the morning when they're doing their services and uh, preparing for the day the the choir kind of sits on the side here uh, but in the middle of that uh, area just in front of the altar stands a woman she is dressed in a large elaborate robe with a with a hood um, she has her face painted and she wears several rings in her lip and in her, she has one in her nose and she has a marking which goes down the middle of her face, uh, all of which are symbol, symbolic of the, the, the bringer of life. And uh, as she sees you coming towards, she says, Ah, Pri, I need you to speak with uh, someone who arrived earlier today. They might need your services if you are interested. I get paid? Uh, I mean, probably? Okay. Okay. Okay, now I can't... Okay. Yeah, I was cutting you out too there for a second. Okay, yeah, you were like completely silent for me. Um, I okay. was talking. Okay, didn't even hear anything. That was the problem. Uh, all I heard was, do I get paid? And uh, so she says, probably, you said, okay. And she says, right. Okay, come with me and uh, I'll introduce you to her. Um, 
you may be familiar with her, but uh, I mean, don't don't stare too much. She's a little odd. And uh, she walks over this way. She brings you along and you guys enter into a rotunda area and sitting there. Uh, was he supposed to be there? I don't think he was supposed to be there. No, he's you mean not. a big black nothingness? Yeah, it will be revealed in just one moment. I got the wrong character there. That's the problem. I got Bart sitting there and he's not supposed to be there yet. So I just got to Bart, Bart, Bart Simpson. All right. Bam. There we go. Yep. Okay. So people on screen will not see this yet, uh, but we will get them over here now. All right. So sitting in chairs in this ro ro uh, rotunda area uh, is a young lady who has uh, copper-colored hair. She has green, very bright, almost emerald green eyes. And sitting beside her is a man wearing eh, what looks to be well-used beaten plate armor uh, with chain mail in like on the leggings and and down the sleeves but the his his top is all uh plate he has a large sword which he's got positioned uh between his legs and he's kind of holding because normally it would be on his side but obviously if he sits down it'll cause all sorts of issues because it's it's larger than a long sword and uh he is stoically sitting there while the woman you know to be the memorialist sits in her chair reading a scroll. And uh, as she finishes, she looks up and says, Ah, you've finally come. Welcome. Hi. I uh, hope you are... Uh, to uh, moving about a bit because I would like to uh, borrow your services for a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, I, I hear you uh, don't mind getting remunerated for your uh, services. I'm sure we can come up to some sort of adequate arrangement. Gotta eat. Very true, very true. And uh, she then... Um, walks up to you, bringing with her the scroll. Uh, she then uh, puts that in her satchel and then pulls out a smaller scroll, which she unfurls. And it's just like a, a it looks like a regular piece of paper, basically. Uh, and she shows you that uh, she has just come back from Veilgard and she has heard that in the capital Taunus there is a uh, an issue at their library and she needs you to come with her because it sounds like it has been attacked this morning. Are you up for this little mission? On we go. Uh as soon as you're ready. If you're ready now, we'll go now. Go. Yeah. Okay. And she turns about 
looks over at her companion and says, Gareth? He says, Okay, Red. I'm ready when you are. As always. She says, Good. And uh, she then nods back at you and then nods to the to the uh, head of your order and says, uh, I'm not sure when she'll be back. It might take a while. Uh, but if you need her for anything, just let me know. Um, we're not exactly sure what's going on. And the fact that they called for me specifically probably means it's trouble. That might have, you know, and she starts to go on a bit and, and the Ordena basically goes, yes, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Mother, don't worry about it. And the young lady nods and says, okay, but you sense looking at her that she kind of rolled her eyes at mother, um, but didn't rise to it. And uh, the other gentleman walks up beside her and says, well, I think we should probably get going then, mother. And he has a little smirk on his face when he says it. And she says, look, not you two. And he says, okay, Red, no problem. And she rolls her eyes once more, and uh, they turn to you and say, if you're ready, we're ready. And let's go. So with that, you guys will leave the building. Uh, she will have three horses being led by a young uh, uh, cleric who basically guides them to you. Um, the one horse is dark black and has eyes that are very dark and almost invisible in the night initially. But, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that it was moving and making noise, you wouldn't necessarily see it. Uh, the other is a white uh, pony almost. Um, and that one, obviously, the uh, young lady hops up on and uh, the uh, soldier gets on the other one and then they hand you a brown mare and uh, as you alight that one she turns to you and says we're going to be moving fast these horses I've been told are actually quite quick so uh, I hope your riding skills are good yep and uh, she nods at that, says, boy, you are, uh, you, you talk a lot. Okay, we're going to have to turn you down, chatterbox. And uh, she goes, giddy up, and pulls the reins on the horse. And the horse takes off, as does the other gentleman's. And uh, without anything else, you would follow. And you guys ride through the night to Tanis. Now, the area you're riding through is pretty well protected. There are patrols along it fairly consistently. Uh, this area is very civilized, so there's not generally a lot of issues in that respect. So it's very quiet, very humble, I guess, to an extent, and very calm. There's farms along the way it's most of the trees at this point have all been purpose grown in orchards rather than 
you know, a, an old growth forest as they've been cleared and the area is very settled. So it's a lot different than, say, a small village where, you know, things can happen because there isn't necessarily the same level of protection. Uh, as you arrive in the city, it is uh, middle of the night still, even though it took a few hours. It's probably about three in the morning by the time you arrive. And uh, as you get there, there are uh, guards at the edge of the city who mostly just fulfill the role of, of getting taxes from people going in and out and effectively not much else. They're, they don't generally have issues, so they don't generally have to do a lot of military things. So they're, they're a little lax, I'm going to put it that way. And uh, they, as they are coming, and you see them coming, or not coming, but as they're standing there, you see that they look up and they see her first off and you see them touch their brows and kind of salute. And none of them says a word to you guys as you go in. Uh, a young um, man with, uh, he has like a, a kind of a, a, a rag tied around his head and his ears are half covered and his eyebrows are slightly pointed up a little bit and his facial features are very uh i want to say i don't want to say thin that's not the right word but basically very very um softer feature Aww. i guess yeah i guess that's what we're looking for and uh he says mother can i take your reins and uh, she looks down at him and drops off the horse and says, yes, of course, son. And uh, she says, uh, if you'll take the other two horses, we'll come back for them later. Just make sure they have good food, okay? And the young man nods and says, yes, mother, of course. And she says, very good. Uh, does, Leia, does your uh, master know that we are coming? And... Uh, he says, yes, ma'am. And uh, she then moves with him and uh, nods at you as if to say, follow me. And uh, you guys migrate towards a building which is uh, kind of off in the, um, uh, not the distance, that's the wrong word, but in a different part of town. So it's a bit of a walk. Uh, but you get there in about 15 minutes of fairly brisk walking and you hit this area and uh, it is a structure which has a massive front on it, has what, uh, what looks like kind of um, uh, pillars, uh, kind of a, a Greek or Roman style building. And uh, at the front, you can see that the doors have been blasted open uh, as one is hanging off of its hinges and the other one is very much in uh, more or less powder, I would say, but sawdust, I guess, would be a right word. Uh, and uh, you can tell that the doors were fairly thick. Um, and obviously it had been closed for the night when this happened. And uh, as you arrive, uh, you can still hear uh, something going on in the building, even though it's been 
you know, hours. And there are soldiers surrounding the building, and there are several uh, people in the building who, or in front of the building who look like they're dead. And the rest of it is very... Um, just buttoned down, effectively. And uh, as you walk up to the front, uh, there is a guard standing there, uh, a young paladin who you recognize, not you personally, but your character would recognize as Banya Gwent, who is a paladin who works for the same temple as you do, uh, but more to the point is someone you've actually trained with in the past. And uh, she sees you and nods, uh, but then sees uh, the memorialist and uh, says, uh, right this way, mother. They're in there. We don't know exactly where. Anytime we try and get close, their, their things attack us. And she says, what do you mean things? And she says, they're probably about half again as tall as a human they have kind of strange teeth which come up from the bottom of their mouths and they hang kind of out of their their jaw and they're a disgusting shade like greens and grays and blacks we're not exactly sure we've never seen anything like these before at least i haven't and uh, the memorialist nods at her and says no orcs and she says, yeah, we're familiar with them. Um, they're from the other place. And she says, well, how many people do you have in there now? And she says, uh, no one, mother. We, we're just trying to protect what we have at the moment rather than trying to burst in there. We figured we'd call you and see if you could help in the first instance. And she says, okay. Well, I brought this young lady with me who's fairly skilled with her weaponry, from what I understand. And, uh, of course, Gareth here will be able to, you know, show what he's made of, as always. Uh, do you know where they are, roughly, in the building? We think they might be in the back, but they could have moved around. It's been so... They've been there for a while. She says, okay. And there's one other thing, Mother. She says, what? Well, there was someone with them, someone who looked almost human and almost like a Prashina folk, but she had pale white skin and she has dark hair and her cheeks have a blush about them that are almost like a, a, a blueberry color, I would say. And the memorialist nods at that and says, hmm, okay, I know what that is. All right. And she looks at you and says, Pre, if you see this woman, do not engage. You got me? Why? She's a Jensen folk, and she will, in all likelihood, have magic. Oh. My worry is she might be someone who 
has a lot of knowledge of it. Let me deal with her is what I'm telling you. Dab them. They can't cast. I don't. She's usually got guards, but we'll see. Either which way, that's why we're here is to try and help out. So uh, are you ready? Something to stab. She smiles at that and says, yeah, Gareth likes that too. Um, she says, as far as I'm guessing, I would assume they've gone to the larger room, which is at the end of this hall. If we uh, charge forward, it may be an issue, but um, it might be wise to move that way if we can and just slowly make our way forward. Um, she looks at the two of you and says, are you ready to Gareth? And Gareth says, always red, you know that. And she says, all right, then let's go. And she moves ahead, taking the lead. Gareth is right behind her, but you can see he's sort of steeled up to grab and do whatever needs to be done. And uh, as you're following along with him, uh, you guys move into an area which is an open square. There are shattered books, or not books, but bookshelves and desks and a central uh, kind of point of where people would like throw coins into for luck and that kind of thing. And uh, they are, that's been shattered. You can see that someone's done a real number on the place basically and turned everything over and uh as you move forward mm. you'll hmm sorry you gonna say something just looks around and says so much for the pen being mightier uh the meliorist meliorist <laughs> the uh <laughs> um the memorialist looks around at the havoc caused and says, far too often it's fairly weak. But as we know, some things written down can be very, very dangerous. And she moves up to the end of the hallway and there there is bookshelves scattered about, some of which look like they're blocking the entrance um, or at least have been put up like they're kind of blocking the entrance and uh, she looks down and looks at some of the book titles and some of the scrolls that are scattered about and uh, kind of has a bit of a glance and she can hear and you can hear uh, kind of a as if somebody's rooting around you can hear little thumps and clumps and noises of paper being shuffled and searched and just generally all sorts of little sounds, but nothing major, just like little noises as opposed to like what you would think you would hear in this kind of environment where it'd be more like a, 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 a warlike environment, I guess I would say you would have thought based on what you saw. And uh, as you guys move into the area, you see uh, three orc-like being, orc orcs, I should say, not orc-like beings, who are uh, standing in front of bookshelves. And there is a lady behind one of the bookshelves, and you can only tell she's there because you see the edge of her her cloak. 
and occasionally catch a glimpse of her hair as she kind of ruffles her way through something and you can hear grunts of frustration and uh, the memorialist says having trouble are we Mildreth? and the lady turns at that walks around the bookshelf looks at her sneers and says I'm having no trouble that putting a sword through your face wouldn't solve. You know where it is. You've always known where it is, you and your mother. The Bree's gonna roll her eyes and point her sword. Stop breaking crap. The orcs look at the lady and you can tell immediately that she's Elvin. Uh you can see her ears kind of fluttering in every once in a while between her hair. And, but she doesn't look like anyone you've ever seen because most of the elves you've ever, like you heard about or seen are usually uh, like a human skin color. They're not like pale like this. And uh, the, she looks at the orcs and says, boys, do you want to, rid me of these three please and uh, Gareth looks invitingly and nods and says if you want it'll be short however pre would you like to make ten gold right now okay I challenge you Take these three interlopers okay. out, and I will give you ten gold. Do it in less than ten minutes, and I'll give you a hundred gold. Un. And he nods at that, and you see him actually step back and lean up against a wall, and you see the his companion just kind of look at him like, what are you doing? And... He just stands there. And with that, I would like you to roll for initiative. Plus, let me bring up the turn timer before you do, though. Oh, look at that. <laughs> well timed. Mm hmm. Oh, dear. All right. So they will go right and uh, okay so she will then also roll right then and I don't know if that actually rolled. Oh, it did. Look at that. All right, cool. All right, so. There we go. All right, so the memorialist looks at you, seeing that basically um, this bet is on the line. She looks warily at Gareth, but 
doesn't intervene at all. And you note that fairly quickly. And you see her basically blip out of existence for a minute. Okay. And then blip over on the other side of the bookshelf behind Maldrith. And that is her turn. The cultists, the orcs, move forward. And you see they have a chain around their neck with a large item, which looks to be a eye with a kind of a silver bar behind it. And in the eye, at the center of the eye in the iris, it is a red and yellow, angry looking item, which actually is rolling. Like it's hard to describe, but basically it's moving uh, within the eye. So you can see that on their on their necks. Um, and that's mostly what stands out. They have pretty tame weapons. So uh, what they will do is they will move closer, but they are very wary of Gareth specifically. So they, while they get closer to you, they are a little intimidated, but they do decide to attack you. Um, give me two seconds. I just need to bring up the right one. So the first one uh, tries to go for a hit. They are all carrying scimitars. Uh, and we're going to hope that this works. I don't actually know if that rolls anything when I click it. Um, uh, I rolled up way up there. Nope, that didn't do anything. Okay. Oh, that's because I have to do that. There we go. All right. Does a nine hit you? <laughs> nope. Next one. 13? Nope. And last one, 22. Does that hit? Yes. Okay, so they will roll for that. And uh, I need to bring up the dice roller. Please just, like, dodge, dodge. Ow. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like, ow. And he hits you for six points of damage. Oh, okay. Thank you. We'll do that next time. And now it is your turn, because Maldreth basically has totally avoided you and turned back at the memorialist, and she starts to back away. That's kind of what she's doing. You can actually, if you bother to look, you'd actually see that she appears to almost have fear in her eyes as she backs away. And uh, she then blips out, and when she blips back in, she's actually quite a ways away, and she's out of your sightline. Okay. Mm. Um. Okay, well, Pri will take a swing at the one directly in front of her while cursing under her breath. Fair enough. Doesn't that hurt? Uh, uh, how does this sheet work? So, nope. if you roll on your weapon, just click the weapon name. That will roll the dice. Yeah, I gotta figure out which one to click. Uh, Listed here a few places. Okay, <laughs> uh, let me open it up so I can see what you're looking There we go. At. Okay, never mind. All right, well, a seven 
uh, would normally miss, but because you have advantage, because... Because ah. ring-a-ding-a-ding-dong. Yeah, sorry, my phone went off, and of course it's still hooked up to the... Uh, to my headphones, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, I need to need to stop that. Okay, um, so uh, muting. Um, well, no, you wouldn't have advantage on this particular situation because even though they're 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 very intense, they aren't necessarily going to stop. You know, put themselves to a disadvantage. In fact, they're a little bit nervous of you. So you roll the one, basically. So. <laughs> You rolled a seven, but it's really a one, so you missed. Okay. So Yay. the memorialist, seeing what's going on, uh, looks over at Gareth, and you might note her meaningful gaze at him, if you were to notice. Uh, this might be too quick in happening. Gareth has got his weapon out, but continues to sort of lean on it rather than use it and is uh, waiting to see what happens. The memorialist, on the other hand, races towards Maldreth. You actually see her move, but in a way that her feet don't really touch the ground almost. And she glides over in front of Maldreth, uh, who now is reeling from this and is starting to try and react. And the orc Cultists, though, however, decide to continue to assault you with a worry eye directed still at Gareth and one of them debating whether he should go after him. But uh, we'll see what happens on this roll. So let me. Oh, yeah, I got the right one up. So first attack. Seven does not hit. As we know, a 10 definitely does not hit. Does a 14 hit? No. Okay. These are very ineffective. All right. It is your turn. I'll take a swing at the closest one again. There you go. 22 does hit. That, that so hit. Roll your damage. Eh, take that, yeah. Toothy so-and-so. Oh, nope. No, that didn't work. That again. No, no. God. Yeah. Don't like this sheet. Fine. It's 1d8 plus 4. Do this. Since the sheet's being weird. Eh. There. Nine. Okay, so next time when you're going to roll this, it, it, you should be able to just roll the, the... Does that not work? Hmm. I'll have to look at that. But uh, nine points of damage. Ooh, I'm pretty sure he's dead, but I'll double check. Yeah. Yeah, you hit him uh, and you cleave him. Now, would you like to describe how you kill this particular orc? I take his head off. Okay, so you take your sword to him, hit his head, and the hit basically lops his head off and he falls dead. And just to make the head at the other guys, or is that my next action? Uh, that would be another action if you wanted to do something like that. You I can move, however, actions, if you want. Do I? So you can, unless you have a free action, you can move. 
you can attack. I have no That's... idea where that might be in this sheet. Okay, so if you look on your sheet, so let me just bring up. Okay, I have your sheet in front of you. So what you have optionally right now at a level one character, you're probably not got a lot of free moves. Um, it would be under bio. Yeah, bio. So you have divine sense. Lay on hands comes, I think. I think these come later. Um, well, maybe lay on hands works. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 as an action. Okay, yeah. So they. Okay, so mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't have any free actions, basically, is what I'm telling you. Nope. Okay. You can tell I didn't do this at all. <laughs> Make this character. So Anyways. Let me, let me so, yeah. She'll just. Something for a second. Nope, yeah, that does. <laughs> weird. That should be rolling. She'll sh fine then. She'll she'll just sort of shake the blood off the blade at the others, since that's not okay. an action. It's just follow through. All right. Oh, ha, you have two hits. Ah, my mistake. I didn't realize you had two. What? Because I've just realized. No, you have a shield. It should only be one. Why do we have two here? Oh, that's two-handed. No. Never mind. Ignore me. I'm wrong. Sorry, I was looking at your character sheet and getting confused why there was two different longsword options. One, it's because you can do two-handed as well. That's why. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm the one confused now. No problem. <laughs> All right. So with that, um, so you move. Like, do you move up? I can still swing at that guy from here, right? You can. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to move if you don't want to. I'll stay put for now, yeah. Okay. Alrighty. I'm not gonna give him an, a chance to get at me. Okay. The uh, while you do that, uh, the memorialist uh, is staring at the other lady, and uh, basically says, "It's your move. It looks like we have the upper hand now." And the lady basically says. I don't plan on being here, but let me just say this. I don't know what you've done with it, but we'll find it. And when we do, you'll all regret it. And she blinks and goes away. The memorialist just kind of sighs, exasperated, and says nothing more. Uh and uh, turns around and starts to walk back towards where you guys are. Completely, uh, not oblivious, that would be the wrong word, but basically ignoring these orc troublemakers at for anything that they're doing. Uh, and uh, looks over at Gareth as if to say, how's she doing? And Gareth nods approvingly. And uh, so the two cultists... One orc, looking back at the memorialist, decides it's better to go after you than her, uh, based on what he just saw. So he moves closer to you, and they launch an attack at you again. At this point, probably foolishly, but nonetheless. Ooh, hit. Yep. And attack. Two points of damage. Okay. And and then the other guy, same thing, obviously, because that's all they can do. 18 hit. 
My armor's 18. Uh, so it does, yep. I believe. Is that Can right? I use my shield to block any of this crap? Well, you're using your shield. That's part of your armor class. Oh, well, I've only got five hit points. Okay, well, yeah. you're down two I've got more. three hit points. <laughs> All right, it's your turn. All right. Uh, I'm going to go after this one guy, this guy right in front of me. Okay. It's the two-handed one and try and take another head. Mm, don't know why it rolled twice. That's weird. Um, okay. That is very weird. Maybe just accidentally double-clicked, possibly, or it just did it. I don't know why. Uh, okay, so if you... Oh, um, maybe because it's two-handed? Oh, no, I no, don't no, know. no. It, should, it shouldn't do that, so... Um, mm, should I take the first one? Normally, I would take the first one, but I'm going to take the second one on this occasion just because I really don't know what happened there. Um, let me just see if this actually rolls the attack. Oh, it does. Okay, so if you want to roll the attack just to make it easy on yourself, if you click where it says longsword two-handed, it actually does the attack for you in the chat. That's what I've been clicking. No, in the chat. Chat? Yeah, in, the, in our chat message, you'll see it actually says your attacks and all that. Oh, if you click on so the longsword two-handed. That? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so pick which one you hit. The one right in front of me. I don't know how to mark it. The, okay. That guy. Yep, that's fine. And tell me how you kill him. Again, I just take his head off. Again, just takes the head off. This time with even more force. Just lops at the neck and off the head goes. All right. We're down I'm in to pain. Getting mad. We're down to one, and I lost them off the tracker, but that's fine. Killed the wrong one. Boy, okay. I'm gonna have to remember about that. Okay, so that guy uh, moves up and launches his attack. Uh, a desperate swing. He knows running at this stage is a waste of time because with three people around him, he's probably dead. And so he's going to at least try and exact some sort of revenge. Oof. And he rolls a crit. Oof. Um, Are you going to kill me in my first session, John? Don't think so. Sure looks like it. Sure looks like it. <laughs> I have not killed you. Well, you're damaged. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, okay. So that does... Ooh, 11 points of damage? points left, John? How many points left? You killed me. Okay, three. What, what, what is your negative now, though? So 11 minus 3 is 7. Or 8. So you're at minus negative 8. Negative 7. Yeah, I know. Negative 8. Negative 8. Okay. So with that, you go down. Uh, as that happens, uh, Gareth now takes his turn and slashes at the guy and basically backstabs him and kills him outright and with <laughs> that appearance the memorialist walks over to you and she looks up at gareth and says well that wasn't supposed to happen now was it as if to say that was your fault and gareth shrugs and she reaches in her pocket and pulls out a flask and uh, stuffs it in your mouth and uh, you go to zero hit points uh, or one hit point so you are back up 
And Yay. she says, just rest for a second. And she hands you another bottle and says, here, drink this. She just sort of angrily takes it and chugs it. Okay. Uh, right. So what I'd like you to do is roll uh, 4d4 plus 4, please. There you go. That puts you back to full. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she nods and says, This is what happens when you bet people, Gareth. You let them sit around and struggle while you just sit there and amuse yourself. Give the lady your money. I wasn't struggling. Okay, well, you were on the ground unconscious, so bleeding out? How about that? They were extra stabby. Mm, indeed. They're extra dead now, though. And she says, you did well, though. I think Gareth owes you a full payment. Do you not? Gareth I won't say no. chuckles under his breath and says, fine, mother. And uh, reaches for a, a bag. It's a fairly weighty bag. And he tosses it at you and says... Well done, miss. Don't call me miss. He says, okay, paladin. Mm. And uh, better. he smiles at that. Um, the memorialist, on the other hand, while you guys are talking, walks out of the uh, library and uh, moves into the outs area out front and uh, waves down the young soldier and uh, explains what they had been able to accomplish and uh, then um, says they are free of the problem then she comes back in she looks around at the mess and then looks at you and says have you ever heard of Kerbrin. Have I? Mm, roll a history or religion check. Religion's better. No, you have not. No. She nods. And Is that says, what pasty Mick angry face was after? She smiles and says, yes, something to do with that anyway. It's an old fortress. Who wants a rock? It's an old fortress in the south. Once it was fairly large and well defended. It lasted through a number of battles, but uh, eventually they grew a little bit too big for their britches. And uh, one of my predecessors uh, helped defeat them. That's kind okay. of what they're up to. Uh, Why do they want a fortress that's no good anymore? Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure why the Jensen folk are here at all. Mm. It's very confusing at this point. They shouldn't be here. They know the boundary is 
they're supposed to be on the other side of it. Even the Prashina Thank folk you, haven't jokers. been in this area for at least a hundred years. And she nods at you. You are, of course... Please just kind of be like... Doo, 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 doo. She smiles as you do, 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 and basically says, It's okay, dear. I spoke with someone who knows you better than you know yourself, maybe. Nobody uh, knows me. She says, well, in truth, I think that's not inaccurate. Uh, mm. She says, I don't think most people know anybody as well as they think they do. But nonetheless. Philosophical, are we? All right. That's my job. Because we are in a library. Indeed. And uh, she, in fact, picks up a couple of the scrolls uh, and uh, looks them over and uh, looks back over at you and kind of nods meaningfully and uh, then back at Gareth and says, maybe we should pick a couple of them up while we're here. Do a good deed. And uh, as she says this, you see some clerics enter the building and they're like, no, mother, that's our job, not yours. Let us do our job. You are only supposed to read the books. You are not supposed to clean them up. That's not the job of you, mother. And she nods at that as if that was wise words and says, okay, that may be the case. But, and as she's about to say something else, a the young man that you saw earlier runs in and he has a note and he says, mother, mother. She says, what? What, boy, what? He says, there's trouble. There's a little village north of here, which apparently there's issues going on. They've had some sort of problem with people like these beings that you've been fighting. And uh, she says, uh, they're becoming more and more of a nuisance. Fine, let's go find them. And uh, as she does, she turns to you and says, you up for some more adventuring? It's been fairly lucrative so far. I guess. She nods and says, put it this way. You stick with me for a little bit. I can make it worth your while. Sleeps for the dead anyways. <laughs> Always. And uh, she nods at Gareth and says, well, we should probably get moving. We've got a village to save and uh, possibly something new to deal with. He nods and says, what village is this? And she looks at the note and says, Petra, Pentra. Apparently they're having an issue this evening with some uh, cultists. Or bandits. I'm not really sure. They're not real clear. And he says... Cultivating bandits? Indeed. And they head towards the stable area and they grab the horses that you guys had had earlier. They've been patted down and uh, cleaned up a bit and fed and uh, generally look ready to go. And she says, let us head north, shall we? 
as we mount up, Pre will look at Gareth and say to him, and it's Pre. Just Pre. He nods at that. No says, miss, no misses, just Pre. He nods at that, says, Gareth Felding. Just shrug and nod at the same time. He smiles at that and says, well, let's go then, shall we? And with that, you guys head off to the north. This has been a Distractions Media production. To find everything we do, please check out distractionsmedia.com. 